0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Overboard. I'm your host, Anthony.
1: And I'm your host, Jenny.
0: And today we have another special guest is one of my really good friends from college, one of my former roommates, uh, one of the people that got me into the EDM scene, one of my homies. His name is Joe. Joe, say hi to everybody.
2: Hey, what's up, everyone?
0: All right. So Joe, now you've been living in New York for what, like the last two, two, three years now?
2: Uh, yeah, about a year and a half. Actually, I moved here February 1st of 2019, 2019. So yeah, about a year and a half.
0: Yeah. And like, what has New York been like during this pandemic, dude? Like, just what has your personal experience been
2: Uh yeah well it's been uh pretty intense obviously um as everyone knows new york was like the global epicenter of covid-19 for a while um i think we have like you know top definitely top 5 de- deaths in total number per capita one of the highest number of cases etc so Really got hit super hard by COVID-19. And yeah, I was thinking about what what my personal experience was like. And I guess I can just kind of start actually from the beginning because one, just, I guess like it really hit home one day uh, when I was, you know, it was just a normal week. I'm going to work like we had all heard about covid um you know reading about it in the news it's becoming like a bigger and bigger issue but still no one was like taking it extremely seriously uh, so it was like a weekend you know a lot of people went out you know people at the bars restaurants etc um the mayor had actually told everybody uh you know just live your life you know don't let this hold you back like go out have fun go to the restaurants etc and then you know, it's like a Monday in, I guess, mid March, and everything's fine, you know. But then things just started to get, you know, real really quickly. And I remember on Tuesday of that week, sitting on the train uh, coming home, and you could just tell that everyone had, ooh, everyone was scared. Like the mood had really changed from not being worried to being like very, very alarmed, really, really quickly. And in that week we went from the mayor telling us to, you know, not worry basically. And I think restaurants, I think restaurants were at 50% capacity, but I mean, we now know that that doesn't really make a huge difference. Um, And yeah. So in a week we went from, you know, really not a big deal to like everything was shut down. I think they closed the public schools pretty quickly. And, you know, my work, essentially shut down as well um so that was I guess the start of you know a few months of like very strict lockdown basically stay at home order um so yeah I guess my experience you know I was working throughout the whole thing actually uh at a minimal capacity um so you know, that was interesting, just being in the city. It's just like a complete ghost town, essentially. Um, like, I remember just walking up the middle of First Avenue, which is, like, a really busy street. Um, mm-hmm. No cars, just, like, you know, couldn't see a single person in sight. And normally, there'd be, like, you know, Everyone. huge amounts of traffic. and That's horrifying, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and, like, same thing on the train. Like, there was multiple times where I'd be the only person on a train car and you know, those things can fit <laughs> hundreds of people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause um, it's like millions of people like constantly moving in New York. Right. Like before this happened, right. Like it just, everybody's always going, it's tightly packed streets, tightly packed sidewalks for the most part. And then just to see nothing, you know, like, or, or, or just a, a few people on the street. Did it feel like post-apocalyptic kind of,
2: yeah for sure it really did and um yeah I mean it felt very yeah like it was living to the end of the world or something (laughs) not to be overly dramatic but uh yeah yeah I mean like and you know it it was really intense just like walking uh to my work actually um I work at a medical center doing research so I'm not working with patients or anything like that but uh I walked past like three hospitals total. And I remember during the peak, like every single one had uh, these big refrigerated trailers outside, which were essentially makeshift morgues because so many people were dying that uh, they didn't have anywhere to put the bodies. Um, So yeah, definitely, definitely in that sense, it did feel.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah.
2: A bit bit post-apocalyptic, you know, on a societal level. And then, yeah, just on a personal level, it was, you know, like many people, I was just like extremely isolated and, uh, you know, really, yeah, just locked down. So yeah, I mean, it was a really intense experience. I I could, you know, like there's a lot, a lot of different aspects of it that were were pretty crazy. So
0: yeah. What are some of the biggest changes you've noticed, uh, that COVID COVID has like done to New York city besides like people not being on the streets as much being a ghost town, like
2: Yeah, well, um, a lot of the people who could afford to get out or had jobs that allowed them to, like, work from home left, actually. So, you know, it's kind of a division between, like, the more privileged and then a lot of people who might not, you know, be as privileged or whatever. Um, Right.
1: Right. Like, a ton of
2: people have just left, basically, which is one really interesting thing. Um, Rent has actually dropped a ton for a lot of areas, um uh which is you know just like a natural response to the market or whatever i guess like less demand that's kind of nice but that's really
1: big in new york for them to drop prices because they're so sky high when it comes to rent and stuff
2: yeah yeah definitely like new york city is the second most expensive place to live in the country i Mm -hmm. believe behind san francisco um so yeah, I mean, even a five percent rent drop is big when the the pure number is so high, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. I don't think that had really happened since the two thousand eight financial crisis, and I don't think it was like a severe as severe of a drop in rent drop prices as it is now. Yeah. As it was now, yeah.
0: That's wild. Um,
2: Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, the thousands of businesses, uh, just are completely closed forever too here. Right. Like including a lot of really historic places, um, closed
0: down forever, like never opening their doors again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which is really sad. I mean, just everything from like, just like cool bars and restaurants to like, you know, really important, I guess, cultural institutions you could say, um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely sad. And I, I kind of worry that, uh, you know, basically that clears a ton of, you know, all these businesses closing, like, you know, clears space for more businesses to come in and open up. But when this thing ends, like who's left with money, it's like not, a right. lot of you know, people who can start a small business are going to be able to do that right away. But right. our giant corporations are easily able I'm to, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of makes me worry that we might see like uh increase in like chains and, you know, corporate uh, operations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Cause all the,
0: you know, those younger, the entrepreneurs who took that chance to like open up these businesses, like, and then having to close them forever, like they're not going to get that money that they lost back. You know, like they took a like they have to take a really fat L and I'm sure like a lot of people are in a lot of debt right now because of, because of all of this.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad uh, financial situation for sure. And obviously, you know, health, yeah, general public health situation too. But yeah, it's, it's, uh I, I think New York is likely to be hit a lot. Like the, the long-term effects in my, I guess, non-expert opinion will probably <laughs> be a lot worse for New York than for a lot of other places. Oh, I yeah. Guarantee,
0: yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. Um Are people like, pretty receptive in New York to some of the new guidelines that are popping up and um, like restrictions as far as like wearing a mask or reducing, you know, like capacity and trying to social distance as much as possible. Cause I know like in Michigan, like, you know, you have like the people in Ann Arbor and like some of the people in Detroit and like they, we take it seriously for the most part. But the rest of the state just does not give a crap at all. They're like, we're gonna go to our beaches. We're gonna gather like fifty people, hundreds of people, like just get together, party on the lake and do whatever. They don't. They think the whole mac, uh, the the whole coronavirus is a hoax, and that's, you know it's scary, but. You know, like, are people in New York actually pretty serious about it?
2: Yeah, uh, people, I I would say most are taking the mask issue pretty seriously. I mean, I, uh, I think the New York Times has put out some actual data on that, like, and basically the Northeast in general, and specifically New York City is like, where there's pretty much more people wearing masks than in like the rest of the country if maybe like most of the country. So yeah, people take the mask thing pretty seriously. Um, and in terms of like gatherings and stuff like that, you hear occasional stories of some like rogue promoter or bar that like threw some party or something. But I think people are pretty like, uh, united and just like shaming that type of behavior and right. i think like the vast vast majority of people aren't down for that probably partially because like new york's a very educated and liberal place to begin with and also you know we were hit so hard with right. coronavirus that i think it's like uh you know kind of hits home more it's, so it's here more for real for you people. guys than anyone yeah 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 uh so yeah and i mean like restaurants like indoor dining and bars are still closed and they're gonna be closed for the foreseeable future. Like the only you can only get a restaurant or drink you know, get drinks or food for takeout, or you can sit outside at like picnic tables and stuff, which right. um which is cool. The government like allowed restaurants to set up a bunch of tables on the sidewalk basically and on mm. the street, like in the parking lanes. Um but yeah, that actually shocked me because basically, you know, we were set to reopen for a certain day for indoor dining and bars and stuff. But that was like right when cases in the rest of the country were starting to get really bad again. Oh. And it was basically, you know, the idea was they reopened too soon. And that's why they have all these cases. And uh, so I was shocked that New York, um, instead of letting something really bad happening and then just saying like oh we made a mistake we need to go back and now it's too late and a bunch of people have gotten sick they actually like looked at the data and you know made a decision based on what they saw instead of just like blindly plowing forward and just dealing with the consequences which unfortunately seems to be like the American way in general throughout this thing. Um, So is
0: that why you think like New York has had consistently low COVID cases for the past two months?
2: Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, uh, I think, like, we just were very cautious about reopening, very slow to do it, and still, you know, we're still living in a more strict, like, situation than the pretty much most most of the rest of the country is. So, yeah, I definitely think it's, that's probably why, again, my non-expert opinion, but I think that, you know, having indoor dining and indoor, uh, just activities in general seems like it's really what causes this to spread pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, I think that I think that the cautiousness of our reopening and especially the lack of indoor dining really is like what's helped keeping the cases low. Yeah, but we'll see with schools opening up in a couple weeks Reopen, and yeah. college students coming back and stuff. Uh, yeah.
0: Are they're going to have people on campus um, for college?
2: Yeah, I heard what yeah, a lot of ple-
1: for- places are doing is they're like starting the semester off online and then they're like in October or something they're going to see about making like letting them to go to actual classes but they are moving into dorms so like they're in yeah. i don't know which doesn't make much sense to me like they're letting them move into dorms but they're not letting them go to classes and it's just doesn't like, make any sense eh, okay.
2: just so they can get the money <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're de- i definitely think they're very much financially motivated here and i mean with some good reason right like giant institutions like a school they don't just have money sitting around to spend when they have no income right like a year of no income they're done right
0: like you think
2: i guess i don't know unless it's some super rich school with a giant endowment but
0: well like (laughs) well like even uh u of m right like so they they've been hurting so bad that they've been having to lay off a lot of people in the hospital and a lot of faculty members um and even i got furloughed for a while um, mm-hmm. and I, I actually finally go back to a week or work next week, which is guys nice. nice. But, um, I'm being redeployed in a different position because, um, our positions work is so low, like, cause people aren't traveling. There's not reimbursements to do, but like one of the things it's not U of M, but MSU, tell me what you think about this. This is so dumb. I heard MSU is going to allow students back in the dorms. But what they're going to do is they're going to put all the students that get COVID or have COVID in the same dorm building <laughs> to be dormed together. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that?
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess it's yeah. safer than putting them like... In Stay a separate- home.
0: Stay, just, I mean, I don't know. Well, they're that's just, what I'm saying. Like, why right.
1: would you let them live in a dorm if they're not allowed to go to classes or anything like that i don't know
0: yeah dude it's uh
1: but i also heard that um u of m upped the prices of their tuition too which oh, is I'm already like sky high and everybody's like so mad about it because they're paying so much to go there already in the first place
0: right
2: so what yeah, was insane I, yeah it's just crazy like you know I can't imagine paying forty grand a semester, or whatever it is, for mm-hmm. online classes. Like, how uh-uh. no. is that that much different than Washington Community College or whatever? If it's just an online lecture, exactly. You're right.
0: Like you're paying for the the on-campus experience. I feel like when you pay that much, yeah, the in-person, you know, teachers and their expertise, you don't get any of that online. I feel like.
2: I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh what's it been like working during the pandemic? You said like the streets are empty.
1: But like in your actual position at your job, has it changed at all?
2: Uh yeah, so um yeah, so my, my job is basically uh I'm uh, I work in a biology lab and it's half uh doing experiments, you know, sitting at the bench essentially doing experiments, collecting data, etc. and then the other half is taking care of the animals that we do our research on, uh fish. Um so the experiment, the experiment uh side of things pretty much like slowed down, da- you know, pretty much stopped completely and now is picking up again, but it's still slower than before. Um so when I when, you know, it was the peak of the pandemic, I was essentially going in uh, Just to take care of the animals, like feed them and monitor the water quality, change out parts uh, of the aquatic system that need to be maintained. Um, so, yeah, my my work was really reduced to just like the bare minimum, like what's needed to get us by kind of like I wouldn't say we made any real progress as a lab mm-hmm. in that time period. We just, you know we just stayed where we were. Like we set it up. So we weren't really set back. I mean, maybe a little bit we were set back, but you know, mostly just like stayed on track, uh, you know, not really moving forward, but just trying not to get, maintain trying not to move back. what yeah. you
0: have. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was one other person in my position. So she and I would kind of just like switch off, uh, going in to do the bare minimum to keep the whole thing going. Um, <clears throat> and then she left, so for a while, I was the only one and now we're back to like i'm back to working forty hours a week, actually, with like extreme measures, you know, like right. uh gotta take my temperature every day, do all i have to you know sign off that I have no symptoms, wear a mask at all times can't be within six feet of anybody. We have really good ventilation anyways because in you know biology, say you're growing um like a bacterial colony on a plate of agarose for just very basic thing you do for a lot of different experiments. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you have uh contamination floating around in the air it's going to get on that plate of agros and you're going to get like all sorts of other stuff growing in addition to your bacteria that you're trying to grow so you know we already have actually really good ventilation in there which is nice like all the air just gets sucked out and filtered and replaced like very very quickly so i don't think anyone at my work has uh gotten sick actually since we reopened so
0: that's good that sounds like the kind of place i'd want to be working at (laughs) during Yeah. yeah Yeah, and we're opinion.
2: scientists, right? So we take it very seriously and understand yeah. the the literature and the data to the best of our ability. So, yeah, so it's definitely much better than working somewhere where you know, like if if my coworkers didn't take it seriously, I'd feel like very uncomfortable. Uh, you know, yeah, going to work.
0: That's that's what I'm worried about. I'm sure like everybody will take it seriously when I go back to work next week at U of M, but
2: oh, so you're doing in-person work.
0: Yeah, un- so I'm getting redeployed to do some I- I-9 processing, uh, which is going to require like people to drop off forms to me, and then I have to pass those along, um, or I process-, process them myself pretty much. But it's people coming from the outside, coming into our building, handing these forms directly to me. So it's going to be... Interesting for sure. I'm gonna take all the necessary precautions I know, um, but I know U of M's really on top of it. So I'm thankful to be working there of all places because, yeah, you like they actually take things yeah. very very seriously there.
2: Some people yeah, are very nasty. glad I don't work in a restaurant anymore. Oh yeah. my god, uh, man! God.
1: Especially like now because they're doing like the half capacity thing in some places where people can actually go in. And they were just doing the takeout like they are in New York, but now they're doing the half capacity. And I just feel like that'd be scary. Well, even
0: at half capacity. um, So our, you know, one of our favorite places in Ypsilania sidetracks, right? They they are getting in trouble recently because they took their whole back parking lot and then made that a dining area. And then they still have the back area um, for dining anyway. But then they also got the city to block off cross street so that they can use the front of the street for dining. Right Mm -hmm. now, it's supposed to be half capacity. But with all the tables, they pretty much do in the back and the front.
1: It's basically it's
0: basically full capacity just spaced out because they still have as many tables are still serving just as many people as they were before. Um, they just think because they have it outside and because they have it spaced out that they can get away with it, which is, I don't know, maybe that works, but it's kind of like not fair to any of the other businesses on the street that are struggling or don't have that outdoor space, those parking lots to do that. And it's just like, why? I mean, I get it. You got to get that money, but how are you just going to risk somebody's life or well
1: i mean if they're going to eat there they're risking their own life so i mean yeah it's kind of like one of those things but i feel like there's definitely got to be like more karens out there right now like people that are going <laughs> to restaurants and just complaining about things oh because yeah.
0: that's all
2: i've
1: heard they haven't been to a restaurant in a while
2: yeah, like, I feel like people I, uh, are probably cranky. I would n- I'm the type of person who would never complain. Like, I've never, Me you know, either. Like oh. asked to speak to the manager once in my life, you know, yeah. or anything, mm. even if it's, like, something, you know, really, like, offensive or serious. But, like, actually, I was at, I went to Chipotle the other day, and there were, like, four workers just sitting right next to each other, all not wearing masks, like, inside the Chipotle. Oh. And I got to receipt and it was like you know give us a survey of what you think of the restaurant you know you might win free burritos or whatever and uh I did on my survey it was like one employees not wearing masks like get your shit together you know
1: yeah
2: yeah but yeah that was uh yeah yeah I think we you know I think a lot of people are just uh like it's weird you know like some people just don't care and they just go to the restaurants and you know Like break the rules, fuck it, right? But yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm definitely more on the cautious side of things.
0: Better to be safe than sorry, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, right.
0: So I guess we're going to segue here. Um, So you've lived in, what, three different states, right, Joe? You started in Ohio, came to Michigan for college. Now you're in New York. Wait,
1: backspace. Why did you choose Michigan College out of like everywhere you could have went
2: yeah. That's a that's interesting, an interesting question. Um, I don't know. Like, I had visited a bunch of places when I was in high school, mostly like in Ohio, like Ohio State University, Ohio University, uh, Miami University, and all those places are kind of like fratty, like that type of scene, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just really didn't like that. And when I visited, uh Ipsy you know eastern Michigan i um really like that it's just kind of more of like a chill laid back you know a lot of the people are more like alternative type people music like art you know rather than sports and uh, fraternities um and also our friend uh drew uh you know is he's also from Cincinnati, right, and you know I knew him before a little bit, and he's a couple years older than me, so I visited him and like stayed the night when i was looking Um, at colleges and that really i was like you know damn this is like i saw the cool side of the city and stuff that they don't show you on the campus tours um yeah yeah yeah. and i liked the program that i did too um you know looking back actually it would have been better to do a traditional biology degree but at eastern i did like environmental biology and i liked Mm -hmm. it because i got to basically skip some of the really hard uh classes like um you know like i only took one semester of physics instead of two and like only one semester of organic chemistry instead of two which with a normal biology degree you'd have to take those classes so right. even at the time i was like oh i don't i just want to you know not have to take those <laughs> yeah. uh, i exactly. like that that about the program <laughs> but now i'm kind of like fuck i should have just gotten it out of the way because you know applying to grad school and stuff and uh you know i need that i need those classes they actually. want you to have yeah. those classes yeah. for grad school so i might have to take a few like remedial classes when i'm in grad school but
0: yeah.
2: know. no regrets right yeah, yeah no. Uh, hey <laughs> at least
0: you got yeah. you finished school man
2: yeah like, yeah and if i never went to you know if i didn't go to eastern i went to met you guys and you know like all my friends and stuff yeah, like a good amount of my friends so yeah
0: so out of the places you've lived man what Which one feels the most like home to you? I mean, obviously, New York is your home now, but... Is your heart still in Cincy, or...?
2: That's a tough question, and that's actually something I think I've thought about a lot. Um, I mean, I guess in terms of lifestyle, like, I'm very adapted to the New York life now, which is, like, you know, not owning a car. I walk or bike everywhere. Right. You know, that whole thing, you know, the whole the nightlife when it was, uh, um, know before COVID. Um, (laughs) so it definitely feels weird to me to go anywhere where I need a car and I have to like drive around or call Ubers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but in a sense, I don't know if it like is the one that feels like home the most, like Ypsilanti definitely does have like a very special place in my heart. And like the South Michigan, you know, Southeast Michigan area. Um, because, you know, I basically started when I was, like, a child, right? Like, 18, very young. And then, you know, it was, like, a coming of age, you yeah. know, growing up there in a way. Right. And then, you know, Cincinnati, I really, you know, I was a kid when I lived there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really didn't see the city the same way you do as, like, an adult, right? So, I actually, I kind of feel like a visitor when I go back there, actually. Really? Like, I don't really feel like, like, it is my home, but I'm not like, ah, oh, I'm home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I visiting, feel that. Kind of. It's like you know, I'm visiting and then I go off back to, to wherever I'm living, whether it's Michigan or New York. So I, I will say that if I were to move back to one, it would definitely be Michigan. Like uh, probably maybe like Ann Arbor if I could afford it, but you know, Ipsy, Ann Arbor, something like that for sure. Did you plan on moving to
1: New York or was, did you move there because of the job?
2: Yeah, so I planned on moving here probably like a year before I graduated. Um, So my sister, who's uh, two years younger than me, went to uh, college here. And I had visited a bunch of times, visited her with my family. And I just thought it was like a super cool city. Um, You know, I know she had a lot of fun. I just, yeah, I just really liked it. And I was said, you know, I'm going to move to New York when I graduate. um, Because, you know, who knows when I'll have the opportunity again. Mm-hmm. So I actually moved here with, uh, no job lined up. I like had a bunch of money saved and I got an Airbnb for like a month and a half. Um, bought a ticket, moved here with like two suitcases. Uh, that's it. And, uh, you know i got i arranged everything and then like before, right when i was about to leave for new york uh this job i applied to said they wanted to interview me mm-hmm. i did the interview a week after i arrived and then like a week later they hired me so i was only jobless for you know two mm-hmm. weeks um So yeah, it worked out really well because now that I live here, I've realized that if you do what I did, there's a very (laughs) good chance you will fail. Yeah, it's it's a hard place to, it's a hard place to like get an in, you know, like once you have an in, you're good, but. So it really was like luck for you almost? It was good luck. Yeah. And the job that I have, I was, I had very specific skills that are applicable for the job. So it was just really good luck that it came up you know, this job was hiring at the exact time when I happened to be, be moving to the city. just right. so really good luck. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So is there any other state you would like to live in or you pretty much covered all the bases there? Is Cali still on your list?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely other places I would like to live. Um, and you know, I'm applying to grad school right now and, uh, uh there's not a grad school i'm not applying to grad school in new york because what i want to study uh actually is a pretty specific part of like wildlife biology and there's just no one doing that kind of work here in the city oh really mm-hmm. um so yeah i would love to live in uh like california really anywhere on the west coast i think would be cool oregon uh yeah. um, washington um hawaii has incredible wildlife Dude, and i'd like to live because- there um Florida, as much of a mess as it is politically and culturally, also has really cool wildlife. Um, so, yeah, and then there's a few other like random places here and there I'm applying. And honestly, I would love to live abroad at some point in my life for sure. Um,
0: Heck like yeah.
2: Europe, yeah. I know. Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, so that'd be great, you know, somewhere in Scandinavia.
0: Yeah, and
2: you know, both just for fun. And because, you know, if I could somehow, you know, live in a country like that, where they really like take good care of their people, that would take I feel like a little bit of, you know, pressure off my back, right? Like, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And be working in the field you want, like, it would be perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I know as soon as like, I don't know, man, like, how long do you think because like, I know you guys went on that Europe trip like right before you moved. And I still want to go to Europe with you guys now that I'm graduated. <laughs> and I was actually like been saving up money over the last couple of years, like this last year and a half to go on a Europe trip. Right. And yeah, like how long do you think it's going to take before we can
2: start traveling? Cause
0: right now, like other countries are saying like, no Americans, you can't come here. <laughs> right. Yeah. So,
2: yeah which is a f- complete like flip flop from how it used to be, right but yeah. Right. yeah i I don't know, I guess at my most optimistic, I think early next year because that's when they're saying there's gonna be a vaccine uh that's you know Dr. fauci said vaccine in December or January, American you know here in america um am i most pessimistic i think it could be a couple of years before things are close to normal again which is yeah. just like you know hellish to imagine um, it is but uh yeah i mean hey man if things are good by next spring or summer i'm 100 percent down to go to you know anywhere in europe with you i know you've always wanted to go to germany so germany, germany yeah or, Croatia. You know, Yeah, it sounds Where did you go
1: when you went last time?
2: I went to, like, seven or eight different countries. Uh, So I started in England, went to France, Italy, um, Czech Republic, Hungary, Denmark, and Germany.
1: Oh, dang, you hit them all, really. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, I was there for, like, a month and a half and did probably, like five to ten days in each country which was really fun if i went back i'd probably want to do fewer countries and a little more time in each because we were really like rushing around and stuff but no regrets it was like a great trip and i definitely yeah i saw you know so many cool cities and stuff like that so it was awesome i and i know you
0: have like a ton of crazy stories but just just give us one that you think might be appropriate to (laughs)
2: yeah put out Mm. to the world what is (laughs) there one um yeah let me think about that for a second um yeah i mean one really crazy story that uh you might know um so so we're in rome right and i i have a cousin in rome who's like 50 i know he's like 40 but he uh He's like a really cool guy. He's played in bands all his life. He doesn't really have like a quote-unquote professional job. He just kind of like plays music and he's like a cool guy, right? Mm-hmm. And we're hanging out with him for lunch or whatever, like an early dinner and the night before, someone had given us this little flyer for some like event at this giant club that's supposed to be like a crazy dance party or something. And you know, we're talking to my cousin. We're saying, "Hey, we're gonna you know go to this. It's in this neighborhood. I think the neighborhood was called Santo Stefano, but I can't remember for sure. That could be something else. But we're like, we're going to this neighborhood. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's a great club. But you know, be careful. Sketchy neighborhood, right? Just, <laughs> you know, you're you'll be fine, but just be careful. Like, you right. know, watch out for each other." So we go, we say bye to my cousin, and it's this giant, like, compound, right? It's like a warehouse-type thing with, like, five, six giant rooms with huge uh, setups of, like, you know, all different kinds of music. Like, I think there's, like, a drum and bass room, a trance room, a house room, a hip-hop room. One room's playing, like, 90s pop, and uh, it's crazy. Like, there's thousands of people there, like you know like at least a thousand people there yeah crazy thing like and then there's smaller rooms with like couches i remember one room just had like seinfeld playing on like a giant projector and stuff (laughs) and uh you know we're drinking pretty you know we're drinking a lot right uh beer is cheap and uh you know i'm with two of my friends dylan who's another guy and then Corey, who's a girl and um you know, we've drank in a lot at this point, and we're in, like, the drum and bass room, I think it was. And I see Dylan, our friend Dylan, is in front of me, and he's just going wild, like, having a great time, dancing his ass off, like, dripping in sweat. <laughs> and uh, this was, like, his first electronic show, too, I think. He's having a fantastic time. Right. And then I'm looking around, I'm like, where's Corey? <laughs> you know, where's our, like, five-foot-tall friend who's a girl who's yeah, in a company, she's, you know. <laughs> she's not tall at all she's like, not where big. is she and you know Dylan's dancing crazy time's going on I'm like getting more and more worried, and finally I'm like Dylan, where's Corey? We walk around this whole compound like so many times, and like we keep thinking you know we keep thinking we see her but then it's someone else like at one point we saw this girl like making out with some guy and we're like oh there she is we're like cory what's like what's going on wasn't her we just like totally <laughs> interrupted these people we're like freaking out at this point like we're about ready to like call the cops or something because it's very <laughs> unlike her to just like disappear like this right? right finally it's like four or five in the morning and we find out the club closes at six and i'm like all right dylan you stand outside and when everyone comes out of the club just look and maybe she'll be like in the crowd and you'll find her like i will go back to the airbnb and like you know she doesn't even know where she's going she doesn't know the address she has like no information but maybe somehow she made it back there and you know i pull up to the airbnb by now it's like past six right so the club should be closed dylan calls me and he's like man this club's not closing like more and more people are getting here but like they're not (laughs) stopping anytime (laughs) soon and i'm just like fuck like please please Corey! like don't be dead just be (laughs) in the bed sleeping and i'm like fumbling with my keys i open the door the sun is shining into the room like it's bright right like we've been up all night yeah and drank a ton of alcohol and there's Corey just passed out on the bat. And I'm just uh, like, yeah. oh, thank God, man. Like, I'm like, I should be mad right now because she caused me a lot of distress. But I'm not even mad. Like, I'm just yeah. happy she's okay, you know. Because if she got murdered in Rome or something, or or abducted. it would just be so horrible. Yeah. yeah, like, there was just all the worst, like, outcomes going through my head. So, yeah, that was probably, like, yeah, that was, that was an intense uh, night. But... We laugh about it now, though you know. No, yeah, that, that was, like it's it's hilarious. Yeah.
0: It's still a super funny story, because yeah. Corey's like, like our friend Corey. Everybody is like one of the people. She's always got her shit together. I I feel like for the most part, like she, the last person you would have to worry about in yeah. most scenarios, and then to just hear that she just like disappeared from you guys, and you're like, Yo, where's Corey? And she didn't like contact you. Just it's. It's funny, but like, it's scary. it's scare. I'm sure it was like super scary for you guys. It cause was you're really like, scary. Well, what I do we probably, do? Like, how do you even you know, carry on with the rest of your trip when you lost yeah. one of your kind?
2: I had promised her parents like th- that I would you know watch out for her too, and not that she even needed me to watch out for her. Right? No, She's a grown woman; she could take care of herself. But for some reason, her dad had like made me promise that to her when I had seen her parents, or made, you know made me promise it to him, and. I remember just thinking the whole time, like, man, they're going to be so mad. They're going you know, like, yeah, to kill you. I failed by one job. Oh. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that was, that was intense. But yeah, yeah, Rome was a great city, though. Like, that was um, it's a really fun place to visit. I definitely suggest it if you guys ever get the chance. Go Rome. to Rome. Did you go, go to dude.
1: like the popular part of Rome, or did you explore like the outskirts?
2: Yeah, so we kind of did it all. Like, We went to the tourist attractions you know the coliseum trevi fountain we went to the vatican saw mm-hmm. the sistine chapel but then my cousin who's like a lifelong roman you know born and raised there just took us around and showed us to a lot of places that you know we never would have been yeah you know i never would have found right it's just an american like many we went many places where we were the only people speaking english and stuff like that which was cool just really saw like the local side of things. Now uh, saw the local side of things there, which is really cool.
1: I feel like that's probably the best way that you could experience another country is by having locals show you around. Yeah,
2: I definitely agree. Um, yeah, because there was a few places where we knew people, and I think those were definitely like the best places because yeah, just having the locals—they know what you know, who know what's up—is uh, so important. Yeah, and, like, living here in New York now, I see the shit that tourists do when they come here, and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> you're doing it so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could help you and show you where to actually go right now. Right. You know?
1: Is there a place in Europe that you want to still visit that you didn't when you were on that trip?
2: Yeah, I've heard Portugal is amazing. Um, I'd like to go to Ireland. Um, like, I have uh, a fam- or. Er, distant family there and you know i'm italian and irish right like my great-grandparents immigrated here so you know see the roots a little bit you know Mm -hmm. see ireland would be cool and honestly anywhere like i'm a open mind you know (laughs) you put me somewhere new i'm gonna have fun right like i like to see new stuff so yeah yeah for sure
1: you've traveled a lot of the united states too haven't you
2: yeah, I've been uh kind of all over the US, uh here and the you know, for a small amount of time or longer, depending on where. But yeah, I've I've been all over.
1: Is there like a state that you liked the most that you haven't lived in?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um oh, man. Uh I really like uh I really liked visiting San Francisco. I was there for a few weeks, um, staying in my friend's parents' apartment. That was, you know, they had, they didn't live there at the time. So we just had like a free place to stay. That was amazing. It's like a beautiful city, great weather. Um, but I don't know if I would want to live there just cause it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh I really like uh the parts of Colorado that I've been to. Um, like Steamboat Springs where our friend uh Jake, Jake lives, lives is a wonderful little town. And also Denver's pretty cool too. Um I love the US Virgin Islands, which isn't a state, but it's a part of the United yeah. States, right? It's a territory, that's a really nice place. Um so, yeah, those are probably some of my favorites, honestly. And up north in Michigan, honestly, is beautiful, too. Oh, yeah. um, like yeah. I've never been to the UP, sadly, but I've been to the northern part of the Lower Peninsula, and that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, same. I don't think we've been to the—or I haven't been to we, the UP. We've
0: been across the bridge. You were really young, but we have we didn't go, like, deep. We only went literally across the bridge. Yeah. Like, and stayed in a hotel there and then came back the next day. We didn't go— into the actual yeah. up you know which um, i feel
1: like we need to do because like I'm, we've lived there yeah our entire life i'm trying, trying to go up to
0: there. like lake superior in pictured a couple rocks. weeks yeah pictured rocks gonna uh, do that whole thing, so hopefully. Nice. yeah
2: yeah when this pandemic thing is over i'll come visit you guys and we can go to the upper peninsula that sounds super fun heck yeah <laughs>
0: man i can't wait so yeah, same. You you said what state you think you liked the best. And which state do you think is the worst one you've been to?
2: Mm, man. Um,
0: besides uh, Ohio, of course.
2: Besides what? <laughs> besides Ohio, of course. My home state. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I honestly think you can probably find something. You can... You can find a good city or town probably in most states, if not all of them. But uh, when I've been in like, uh, I mean, I've driven through Nebraska and that was like extremely boring, just like, you know, cornfields as far as the eye can see. And I was pretty excited to just be done with that. And uh, the parts of Arizona and New Mexico I've been in were super depressing because it was... uh, a bunch of like Native American reservations and you know it's like high poverty very high like alcoholism and stuff so that was pretty depressing but so yeah I don't know I mean I guess like super I don't know if any one state has been really like unappealing to me but I mean super rural areas just aren't really my thing most of the time you know so that's probably the types of places where I don't spend that much time or you know try to avoid or whatever
0: agreed agreed that makes sense
2: it's so
1: funny hearing stories from people that travel a lot because, like, we don't travel or, or I haven't traveled a lot. left yes, you. I don't. Tra- you've traveled a little. I bit mean, I've traveled
0: have. to Base Nectar events, but that's <laughs> you know the extent of my traveling. I feel like
2: Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta with me. Yeah, hot Atlanta a couple years ago. Yeah, that
0: still was super lit. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was a good time. Well, Joe, it looks
0: like we're coming to the end here. Is there anything you want to say to our listeners before we uh, sign off?
2: Mm, Good question. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't have anything uh, super specific in mind. Wear your masks, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Vote in November, please. I don't know if I could take much more of this. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's we're <laughs> we're coming to the end of days here if uh, we don't get our yeah. stuff figured out. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, I honestly think I died in 2015 and I'm living in hell or purgatory or something like that now. That's the narrative that <laughs> so, i am uh, committed There definitely to.
0: was a glitch in the matrix. I think, like, somebody messed up our timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I right. agree. I still think we all died in 2012 when the world was originally supposed to end, when that was a trend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh all right, man. Well, thanks for jumping on our show with us. We're super glad to have you.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It was really fun to talk to you guys.
0: All right. So, that's going to be the end of our show, everybody. If you want to go and like our Instagram page, you can find us at overboard X podcast. That's overboard X podcast. And uh we'll see you next time, guys.
1: Bye. Peace out.
0: See ya. We'll get to steadier waters eventually.